more deeply and fully into this practice of simply being here. We can become more and more aware of the the sense of at times feeling a certain opening or softening, widening, and at times a quality more of a of a tightening or a narrowing that we can experience both in the sense of the the body's contraction or holding in different ways and equally in the mind's sometimes limited limited sense of what we're willing to receive a certain narrowness of what we are open to being touched by and this is this invitation to as we become conscious of this process to begin to consciously support the possibility of of softening of widening of releasing our demands for things to be a certain way understanding that there's something that's possible for us in terms of the quality of connection with our experience when we allow it to be as it is and yet engage very wholeheartedly with it through being attentive, through being interested as well as receptive. And we can perhaps notice that it's a more comfortable place to inhabit when there's a degree of softening and widening in both body, heart and mind. We can't always make that happen, but by simply acknowledging that this is perhaps more how we might find it supportive or beneficial to respond, to experience that that allows that possibility to become more available to us. And just as we can't prevent at times the tightening, the resisting, the narrowing, as we become aware of it and notice that it's, it's not really what we're wishing for. It's not really how in our hearts we wish to exist or respond or experience things. It supports the possibility of letting go of that conditioned pattern of reactivity that leads to the narrowing, the tightening. And in coming to understand this mechanism, we are invited to to look at a particular element of the experience, of each moment's experience, whatever it might be. So far we've given our primary attention to the sense of body, breathing, and that very physical immediacy of experience that is within what the Buddha taught as the first foundation of mindfulness. The, The first framework that we need to really give attention to in order to 
to understand the nature of what's really happening here. And the second foundation of mindfulness is what the Buddha called Vedana. It's the Pali word for something that's not easy to translate, but not in a single word anyway, but that refers to the quality of every experience that we we find either pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And this is a feature of every moment of experience, every sensation in our body, every sound, every thought, every image, taste, touch, feeling. They all have this quality. And you can perhaps see it's either pleasant, and we're familiar with, you know, nice warm feelings in the body, or sense of some delightful thought we might have enjoyed at some point. And equally, the unpleasant, and you know, we've talked quite a bit about temperature, and sometimes being a bit too cold isn't very pleasant, or there may be discomfort in the body, pain. Or it might be thoughts that arise that are painful to us, or emotions. And if the experience isn't either pleasant or unpleasant, then inevitably it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant, which we more simply describe as neutral. But in this way, you can see Every experience must be one of these. Either this, that, or neither this or that. There's no way around it. And this particular element of the experience is something that is pointed to in the teachings as pivotal in understanding and learning to transform how we can be conditioned into patterns of reactivity and how we are conditioned, but equally how we can find freedom in relationship to these experiences. So what we notice when something is pleasant is that there's a, a way in which we habitually, mostly unconsciously, just and quite, it seems naturally or understandably, want the experience to continue. If we like it, that's what makes it pleasant, that something seems to be enjoyable about it. And so we can seek for its continuity or for its reoccurrence. And in doing that, there's very easily and commonly a a tightening, a grasping towards, an attempt to take hold of the experience in such a way as to somehow create some continuity of that pleasurable effect. And when the experience is unpleasant, disagreeable, not something it's not something we're drawn towards. The very nature of the unpleasant is that we don't want to experience it. That's how we know it's unpleasant. It's, it, it's, it's quite simple in a certain way. And the tendency is to want it to stop to want it to go away, to somehow try and make sure it never happens again. And these two primary patterns of reactivity we can see as very obvious causes of a lot of the suffering and the entanglement we encounter in life and in our minds and bodies. With the neutral or the neither pleasant nor unpleasant quality, the nature of our response to that when we're not conscious, when we're not present, is that we're not interested. It's not doing anything to us, and it's not doing anything for us, so why bother? It's, you know, it's of no interest from a point 
a view that's only concerned with getting the pleasurable and getting rid of the unpleasant. So if it's neither of those, you know, we're not interested. And what happens then, of course, is that we spin off or we disconnect from what's happening. If what's happening is relatively neutral, we often lose contact with where we are. One of the reasons that sometimes the breath isn't easy for us to stay present with when we're just following that kind of ordinary, simple experience is that it can be, not always, but it can be quite a neutral experience. It's not always that exciting to be watching the breath coming in. It's not always that, like it's some great, you know, difficult thing for us to be having an out-breath that we need to kind of somehow work on, you know. So it's, it's a bit hard to stay with that sometimes. And as a result, we go either looking for a problem to fix or for something enjoyable to entertain ourselves with. And uh, if you notice where the mind tends to go, you'll see that a lot of what's going on is that trying to figure out how to either produce or prolong the pleasurable, desirable, enjoyable experiences, whether just very simple things or much more complicated, like the idea of a you know, perfect relationship, well, that would be pleasant. And so we can spend a lot of time thinking about how to get it to work that way. And equally, we can spend a lot of time trying to work out how to prevent, how to avoid, how to make sure difficult things don't happen. How much time we spend in a condition of anxiety or fear about things that haven't happened, that may never happen, but just trying to make sure that they don't happen. And, of course, mostly failing in that endeavor. And it all that is coming out of this often unconscious and unexamined relationship to the pleasurable, displeasurable, or neutral element of the experience. And so in the practice, we're asked to just notice that. Huh, this is how it is. And in the body, becoming aware when there's something pleasurable. How do we respond to that? Is it like, ah, oh, finally I've got here. You know, the breath feels smooth and the mind is quiet just for a moment. And it's like, ah, yes, that's what this was all about. I knew it. They were talking about suffering, but I knew that wasn't what it was really about. It's this. And very quickly, the mind starts to think, ah, yeah, I can do it now. It's going to be good. We start to really look forward to the rest of the retreat. Maybe we even start to imagine doing a longer retreat. You know, Catherine mentioned sitting three months. Yeah, I could do a three-month retreat. Maybe I should become a monk or a nun. <laughs> we envisage this life in a cave filled with this blissful, pleasurable experience that we're imagining and hoping is going to continue. But at some point we notice that right now we're not having this bliss this blissful, pleasurable experience of calm and connection, we're lost in a fantasy. And we think, oh, blown it. Oh. And suddenly, it's like the world collapses. We feel, oh, I can't do it. The thought, I can't do it, is unpleasant. It's painful. We collapse maybe then into a misery of, oh, it's, oh I must well give up. I, think, I don't think I'll even bother staying to lunch. I'll go home now. And even in that, the departure might be an attempt to bring to an end this horrible experience of being unable to meditate at all. 
that we've imagined also might continue, but doesn't. Because maybe we let that part, that thought go through, and then we just realize, oh, I'm here, okay. It's not that exciting, but it's not that bad. It's more neutral. As we become aware of the way we pick up and hold or push away and resist the pleasant and the unpleasant, and equally that we don't really engage with the neutral, we start to have a choice. And perhaps it's one of the most crucial choices we ever get to have in our life. It's dependent on being present and being awake in the moment when the experience arises. If we're not aware of that, if we're not really here for that, the reactive pattern kicks in and it's remarkable how much strength, how compelling it can be. And we find ourselves entangled with the struggle to get, to keep, to get rid of, to remove. Or to simply find something more entertaining or stimulating than what is happening. But if we can notice that moment and just know, oh, this is, this is unpleasant, huh? And the habit is to not like it. The tendency is to not like it. If we can see that response and not have to feed into it or identify with it, to see this is oh, just a, a conditioned response, not ultimately who we are. It's just what happens here. And maybe just to bring a moment of kindness or compassion to ourselves for the fact that this isn't what we wish to be experiencing, but that at the same time, a certain steadfastness in acknowledging, well, it might not be what I wish, but this is what's here. This is my life right now. And seeing, can I be with this? Can I meet this? Can I open to this experience? Can I let it vibrate just as it does in my field of consciousness? And if we notice we're tightening, a sense of narrowing of, I can't, I don't want to, there's a certain narrowing in that, it's more like, oh, maybe I can. Maybe it's possible. And there's a widening and a softening and an opening that begins to be available to us. And likewise, when we encounter the pleasurable, enjoyable, and we might just feel like, ah, oh, this is really nice. And yeah, why not? We can enjoy that moment. But seeing how in a moment of softness or relaxation or being maybe touched by a a feeling of uplift or joy that might come, that there very quickly might follow a sense of, I've got it, I want to keep it. How do I do that? And we start thinking about how we made it happen in order to work out how we can retain it. And there's a grasping, there's a tightening. In fact, there's a fear and an anxiety in the trying to maintain it. A belief that somehow I have to have this for my happiness, for my well-being, for my liberation. And again, noticing the tightening, the must, the should, the have to. And the, huh, maybe it's not quite that way. Not identifying with that contraction of grasping, we can soften, widen, open, allow the experience, be touched by it, receive what it may have to offer us, but equally allow it to move and to change as and when it does. Because it's its nature, of course, as it has arisen to pass. And when we see this and we notice this about experience, It makes sense then to not resist the unpleasant or difficult because 
it will pass in its own time, not according to our wishes. And likewise the pleasant. We might imagine we could continue it, but we can't. It's not the nature of things to last forever. And so we can receive it while it's here, and when it's gone, see what else has arisen. Turn to what is next. Just naming that, ah, this is pleasant, or this is unpleasant, can be so helpful in just arresting the unconscious momentum of the reaction to grasp and to hold on to or to resist and push away. And likewise with the neutral experience, noticing if something, oh, it's neutral, it's kind of not much going on in this experience for me, from a point of view of self, which is always concerned with pleasure and getting, getting pleasure, getting rid of pain. That's how the comfortable, enjoyable. That's what, that's what that whole structure is involved with. But that's as Catherine was saying, something last night, that's something that's conditioned as a primary biological survival mechanism. It's not to do with what actually brings happiness, what actually brings deep satisfaction, what brings peace and ease. And so, with the neutral experience, just noticing, huh, maybe... I could be interested in this too. The Buddha made a very, I think, uh, striking and remarkable observation about neutral experience. He observed that when we don't pay attention to the neutral experience, it becomes unpleasant. And when we pay attention to it, it begins to be pleasurable. How can that be? If you notice, when we feel something neutral and we maybe think it's boring or it's uninteresting, there's actually a subtle sense of unease in that where we actually almost dislike the neutral. And it's because when we don't connect with something, it's that loss of connection with the immediacy of experience that that is actually painful to us. Even though the experience is neutral, the disconnection arising in relationship to that if we follow the conditioned habit to not connect with the neutral, that is painful because we lose our connection with the aliveness of this moment. And likewise, when we connect, when we let ourselves feel an experience, and again, it might just be the rather ordinary sense of body sitting here, Nothing spectacular. But we just feel it. Over time, we can start to find something enjoyable that's not the experience itself, but the quality of the connection that is being formed with the experience. And that connectedness, irrespective of what it is we connect with, that connectedness itself, that quality of sensitivity and presence and intimacy, offers us something that we... We love, actually. And so we can see with the neutral experience very clearly that a lot of what's offered in an experience is offered through how we've related and responded to it. Much more, perhaps, than we imagine. 
And it's only because we have the... Until we've examined our experience, we haven't been able to separate out those elements and see, oh, there's the experience and there's the reaction to understand what's going on. So noticing, as we go through the day, through the sitting, the walking, the standing, that particular quality that stands out at times, that we call Vedana, feeling quality, the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Noticing what that's like. One place we can notice it sometimes also is with sounds that arise in the space, in the silence, and we hear that which we enjoy. We might hear a a sound that seems soothing or sweet. We might hear a sound that seems jarring and feel irritated by it, like a disruption or distraction. We feel like it's noise. It just means it's unpleasant. See if we can let it be. Noticing the sounds and the silence too, out of which they arise and to which they return. So that the experience of hearing can be included in this field of mindful presence as we soften and widen and open. We allow things to to pass through just as they do, whether a sound, whether a thought, or a feeling, an image. We just notice as they pass through, they're all moving. They come, appear, and disappear. And yet the simple sense of bodily presence, we can deepen in our connection with this. Letting the sense of body breathing continue to be a foundation for being here. A place we can return to. And yet not being close to or shying away from the experiences that move through, that arise and pass. Not pursuing them or seeking to grasp hold of neither resisting nor rejecting what comes. Just one breath at a time. Just one moment at a time. Knowing this experience right here and right now, just as it is. and opening to the simple knowing of this. Being present in the very midst of it all. This body breathing, this life moving, 
just as you are.
as we come towards the end of the sitting period, you can just take a few moments to notice the experience of hearing. Whatever sounds or absence of sounds you notice. This voice. Construction sounds. Movements in the room. Hum of the air conditioning. and the silence within which they move. Noticing we can tune in to the experience of hearing, sounds arising and passing. both when specific sounds arise or just as a, as a way of opening and contacting a certain spaciousness, the, the way in which the experience of sound and of silence can speak to us, a sense of space and openness. and at the same time still grounded and connected in the body. When the sittings end, as the sitting will in a few moments, just allowing yourself to really listen to the sound of the bell as it vibrates and resonates, and not regarding the sitting as concluded until the sound has faded into the silence. And then at such time, of course, you're welcome to move your bodies and take care of what you need to. But moving gently through that (coughs) ending phase of the formal period of practice, being sensitive to what happens. Sometimes it's a real relief when we hear the bell. And yet the moment just after is not so different than the moment before the bell rang. But there's a sense of releasing a certain holding, a certain doing, that doesn't need to wait for the bell to be released.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.